I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, this is the Red Box Podcast. I'm Matt Chorley, bringing you the best of my Times Radio show, Monday to Thursday, 10 till 1. Now, it's Christmas week. I know it is grim outside, uh, and you know, where all the news <laughs> is just pretty awful, whether it's uh, lockdowns or a mutant strain or Brexit or lorry parks, whatever it might be. So, we're just trying to have a bit of fun on the radio this week. Uh, so, we've got in a moment, we've got part two of our Times columnists focus group all of our usual columnists all together in a focus group uh, today talking about yes they are talking about the pandemic but they also talk about what they would buy Boris Johnson and Keir Starmer for Christmas and then we've got our Times Radio Panto oh yes we have it's called Vaccinderella it's the story of a man who was locked away by uh, his two ugly sisters witty in Valence while next door Chancellor Charming was having an awful lot of fun uh, so that is coming up on the podcast as well because we could do with a laugh whether or not the Panto provides that laugh is a separate question but at least we've tried uh, but first let's kick off then with uh, part two of our times columnists focus group okay i am rachel i'm a journalist so i'm john i write and do bits and bobs i'm david aronovich i'm robert uh, i'm a journalist hope you're on mute danny can't believe i did that i'm daniel <laughs> i'm a columnist uh, i'm esther i'm a reporter I'm Libby. I'm a writer and broadcaster. Um, and I've got an Amory one. Uh, sorry, that's me. It's Alice. <laughs> I, in fact, it's very on PC to have my husband's name on the Zoom call. <laughs> All just living up to every uh, expectation uh, there. Of course, it would be Daddy who was on mute. Uh, so let we all of them together. So our Monday panel are Liberace, that's Libby Purvis and Rachel Sylvester. Tuesdays are Finkelvich, David Aronovich, and Daniel Finkelstein. Uh, Wednesdays, Camp Alice, John Kampfner and Alice Thompson. And Thursdays, Webb Cramman, uh, Web Cram, which is Esther Weber and Robert Crampton. The whole thing was masterfully chaired by uh, pollster James Johnson, who used to run focus groups for Number 10 and has run monthly focus groups for us here on Times Radio with Swing Voters. They've been properly fascinating insights into uh, what the country really thinks about our politicians. Uh, but uh, instead, we're finding out what our Times colleagues really think about politicians. All week we've been asking about their big best political moments of the year as well as their thoughts on Christmas and all its traditions. So uh, let's take a listen now to uh, whether or not we would have handled the pandemic better if someone else was in charge. Some people say, you know, looking back at this year that, uh, you know, if uh, it had been David Cameron and George Osborne in charge or Theresa May and Philip Hammond in charge, things could, things things might have been handled differently. Do people agree or disagree with that? God, it's been such a long time ago that they were actually in power. 
just after mm. this extraordinary year. You can't even imagine it now, can but, you? Can you imagine that when the news started coming out of China, that at the first several meetings of COBRA, Margaret Thatcher, Tony Blair or Gordon Brown wouldn't have attended any of them? Can you even begin to imagine that would have happened? Thatcher certainly would have been almost at the first, certainly at the second. Or even, to, or, or even Theresa May. I think Theresa May would have. Or even Theresa May, yeah. yeah. I think all of that's true. It doesn't necessarily mean they would have um, overridden what was at that point the scientific advice. I think, I think it's probably more opposite in the, sec, you know, in, the, in the second wave. We might have started earlier uh, with that. So while I, it's certainly the case that, that um, they would have attended those meetings earlier, and possibly as a result of that, the other preparations that were late, like PPE equipment and that sort of thing, wouldn't have been as late. I'm not sure that I think they would have they would have avoided the central, what we now seem to think is the central error, uh, which was not starting um, early enough with the lockdown, I, I, because that was the advice that they were given. Oh, hold, hold on. It might have been that they would. That advice, no. that advice could have been interrogated a bit more, and there were certain kind of political assumptions running behind it. I mean, we, I mean the, the truth is, I think we won't know for a while what what actually yeah. what really happened and what the what the nexus of decisions exactly was, and precisely who was giving what advice in what kind of order. We've got some rough idea, but we haven't got it. We haven't got it totally. And then you're quite right, Danny. The international comparisons with what other countries did and the mistakes that they've also made, some of them which are pretty parallel, and some of which are very different different um that's going to come out in time but i do think from the point of view of gripping the thing in its totality uh right from the beginning i think previous administrations previous prime ministers would have done that better yeah. i'm not sure um, that philip hammond or um either philip hammond or george osborne would have spent as much mm. on the furlough scheme I, I think that was a really uh, exceptional. That was a combination of Rishi Sunak and Boris Johnson, actually. I'm not sure either of the previous combinations would have poured quite so many billions into it. On the other hand, oh. we would have had some better cabinet ministers before. So, <laughs> I mean, I think if, if you're you know, going to go through the cabinet, that um, I think you would have had a better education secretary under almost oh. anyone else. And I think Gavin Williamson was just a spectacular disaster this year. This is a, this is a, a, wouldn't have happened with any other education secretary. They would have got a grip to a certain extent. But this uh, is a Boris Johnson thing, isn't it? He, he is not good at just picking the best people, even if he doesn't much like them, and even if they didn't agree with him about Brexit. He's not good at sort of saying, yeah, actually, you, you know, you, you and you, you know, you're, you're better, you know what you're doing, you know, and we'll have fights about it. I think he did surround himself with, with some pathetic people, except the extraordinary luck that he hit on Rishi Sunak. He can't have known how good Rishi Sunak was going to be. Uh, but that's, that's the one really sharp decision that he made, I think. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that about the, the point about the cabinet. In, uh, the cabinet was designed for one purpose, which didn't end up being the job it was given. Um, I, I also think, uh, think there's an interesting thought experiment. I mean, however unlikely if Jeremy Hunt had won the leadership rather than Boris Johnson because of his of his background in the health brief and his obsession with Asia, I mean, it, it's possible to see he might have uh, cottoned on a bit sooner. Well, except I mean, this is the man who was health secretary longer than anybody else has been during the time that our PPE stocks shrank by 40 percent 
and our we ended up with fewer intensive care beds than anywhere else in Europe. I find it quite difficult to be respectful of Jeremy Hunt's uh, knowing Rob, that. About no, Jeremy Hunt in the leadership contest. Sorry, yeah. I voted him, but he wouldn't have won the general election. Um, Robert, Robert, I, I disagree with I disagree with Libby that I disagree with Libby that Rishi Sunak was a sharp decision by Boris. If you remember, he was appointed because uh, Sajid Javid wouldn't agree with Dominic Cummins, and uh, they I think they got Rishi in because they thought they could control it. Yeah, uh, it was an accidental, was, brilliant decision. There you go. It was, it was yes, it was a, it was a, it was a it was a major. If, depending on what you think of Rishi Sunak, it was a major stroke of luck. Can I just say something? I think it was yeah. deliberate. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't Boris Johnson's deliberate decision, it was Dominic Cummings' deliberate decision. Dominic Cummings deliberately put Sajid Javid in a position where they'd push him out in order to promote Rishi Sunak. It wasn't accidental, and he did know exactly what he, what he was trying to do with that. Uh, Boris would not have done that himself. Uh, that was Danny Finkelstein there, rounding off. How, I mean, probably interesting, and they—they—it's—it's um, it's basically what it's like working at the Times in normal times. Uh, you could go over to the comment uh, section of the office, and and they'd all be sitting around uh, chewing the fat and uh, on uh, on everything, and not always totally agreeing, but not necessarily cutting across on uh, on party lines either. Uh, really, probably interesting. I, I should mention, by the way, you can listen. Uh, back to all of um, the uh, focus groups uh, on the Times Red Box podcast, uh, which features the best of the, the my show every day, Monday to Thursday. Uh, yeah, and it's, we're, we're featuring each section is going out each day, along with our big thing. Of course, the big thing today being uh, the pantomime. Um, but we, you know, as well as discussing uh, important political things, we also asked them um, about Christmas. There's a, I'm not sure when, which day we're going to play it. You will find out which Times columnist uh, is planning to slaughter their own cockerel. Uh, to eat at Christmas, and which Times columnist is going to cook their turkey in their outdoor oven in their garden? I mean, couldn't be more Times columnist if they tried. Um, uh, but uh, we also asked them what they would get. Uh, let, in fact, let's take a listen to this now. We asked, uh, or in fact, James Johnson did, who was chairing the focus group. He used to do focus groups at Theresa May in dentistry. Um, uh, he asked the panel what they would buy uh, Boris Johnson and Keir Starmer for Christmas. If you had to get a, pre a Christmas present uh, for Keir Starmer, what would you get him? Haircut. A haircut? Okay. There's nothing you can do with that hair. I just can't find the one thing I really can't bear. He's just got to cut off the floppy bit. He can't. Nothing will work with it. You can see that it's hair that's nothing you can, nothing you can do with it. It's... I'm not... Otherwise, I mean, it's practically perfect in many ways, but that hair just doesn't do it for me. How much hairspray do you think he, he puts on it every day? I think it self-lubricates. Can I just point out that if, I mean, only, I, if only I had Keir Starmer's hair, I, I mean, it, I can't stop criticising it. I'm virtually bald. It's ridiculous. He's no, I think great. I'm more sceptical of people who've got too much hair than too little, actually, Danny. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I think I'd buy him... You want to know what you should get for Christmas? I'm going to buy him This Land, The Story of a Movement by Owen Jones, I think, as a present. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Any other Christmas present ideas for Keir, for Keir Starmer? Robert, I'm getting him a, bo a bottle. A bottle of anything, because he needs some bottle to take on all the left-wingers mm. and actually come up with some policies. On, the oh. same, on, that, on that note, I was going to say a pair of baubles. <laughs> I was thinking of a deportation order for a number of his more troublesome MPs. No, I've got that, I've got that down for, for Farage. Any, okay, how about uh, if you had to get a present for Boris Johnson? What would you get him? 
Oh, Thanks very important. A, a voucher, a voucher for Rishi Sunak's tailor, you know, to take him in hand and, and explain to him about how cloth and bodies are supposed to go together. No, Libby, some men are easier to dress than others, as I know to my cost. <laughs> no, uh, a really good tailor can take on any old lump, honest. Really? Mm. A recording of Ode to Joy. A vasectomy. <laughs> Rachel? A hairbrush. Danny? The establishment and how they got away with it by Owen Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Esther? Uh, I think some sort of really large chocolate box or something that he could actually offer to his MPs who half the time don't seem to like him that much. Um, I think I'd want a fishing boat that he can have in the bar so he can just play fishing even if he can't have any more fish. <laughs> Yeah, and he can have gus special little gumboats, can't he? The kind yeah, of you can imagine in the bar going, in the bath every night, so we don't have to reenact it for him, basically. Take that, Francois. <laughs> um, yeah, splosh. Um, yeah, I think a virtual reality headset um, with a special prime minister game in it, so that you can walk around thinking that you're the prime minister and taking important decisions. And what would uh, that's what you'd get for Boris Johnson? What do you think Boris Johnson's dream Christmas is? What would it look like? Um, it, looks like Jennifer, it looks like Jennifer Arcuri. Mm. That's yeah, exactly what it looks like. It looks I was like, say, like yeah. that. A hurry. I've, I've been reading that political diary thing uh, by the, the um, you know, the, the wife, what's her name? Um, Sasha Swire. Sasha, Sasha Swire. And I think what his dream Christmas would be, just a lot of company, a lot of people who like him, a lot of people who laugh at his jokes and enjoy him and forgive him everything. I think he just, he just, he's, he's one of the, the, the lost boys. He needs, he needs them all around him. I think that would be his dream Christmas. I think he's, I, I think he already had his dream Christmas last year in 2019. I think, I think that's as good as it's going to get for Boris Johnson. I mean, look, oh, yeah, when he went to Mustique. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, and he, and he just, and he just won a, a general 80 seat majority, what, 13 days before. And then everything was looking pretty good for him, wasn't it? And then bang, that's as good as it's going to get. Do you think he's going to get married this year? Huh. Do you think anyone's going to be able to get married properly this year? My brother's uh, been trying to for months. And they keep on changing the rules every time he gets it sorted out. <laughs> so Boris has had his dream Christmas. What about, what about, what about Keir Starmer? What does his dream Christmas look like? A donkey um, ride followed by a nut roast. Or Boris resigning over Brexit. John? Um... A wheelie suitcase stuffed with legal briefs so he can be even more forensic. So I, I think this is revealingly tough. And that's quite interesting in itself, isn't it? Uh, it's quite hard to caricature uh, Keir Starmer or to summarise what he... I mean, obviously, you can say serious things, right? But it, and that is very interesting, actually. I hadn't really spotted it till just now. We're all struggling a little bit to think of something uh, appositely witty to say about the Christmas that he would enjoy. Uh, that summarised in a sing, a summarized in a single... Okay. Uh, except for Robert, who's always ready with a witticism. Uh, we're finding it difficult. Anybody, does any, is anybody else old enough to remember Crown Court that used to come on about two o'clock in the afternoon when you, yeah. if, you, when you if you were ill off school, you'd, you'd sit and watch Crown Court? Yeah. Well, I guess it just, it's, it it's ideal Christmas, dream Christmas, would be just sort of sitting watching. <laughs> but back, back it, that's rather, it was a great show, actually. I wouldn't mind watching it. That actually would suit me quite well as well. Yeah. So, I'd, have convicted I'd have convicted him. 
That was the Times Columnist Focus Group. Uh, coming up, we've got our Times Radio Panto. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. This is the Red Box Podcast. I'm Matt Shawley. Now, we were hoping to speak to a cabinet minister today, but they pulled out. So we're going to play the panto instead. Make of that what you will. So sit back, relax, pour yourself a very stiff drink. You're probably going to need it. This is the Times Radio Pantomime. This is the moment when the dawn breaks and the curtain goes up on a new act in our great national drama. Once upon a time's radio in a land far, far away, there lived a young boy, fair of face, who dreamed of being world king one day. It is not going to happen. It is more likely that, as I say, I will be reincarnated as an olive or knocked in a disused fridge or decapitated by a flying frisbee. And then he finally got the job and promised to... Get Brexit done! He hadn't a single care in the world as he lay in the mustique sun. His hilarious use of Latin phrases would always amuse and inspire us, but that didn't turn out to be much use... In tackling coronavirus. So sit back, relax and kick off your shoes. Apologies if some of the words do not rhyme, but forgive us, there's been a pandemic on. But we hope you all enjoy the pantomime! So this is the story all about how his life got flipped, turned upside down. I'd like to take a minute, just sit right there. I'll tell you how he became the prince of a country struggling for air. He swept the north and turned it blue, proving quite a popular fella. But then things turned a little bit grim for the one we call Vaccinderella. Hello, hello. 
the one we call Vaccinderella. Dealing with a deadly pandemic was beyond his obvious talents, so he found himself at the mercy of ugly sisters called Witty and Valance. Good evening. Well, that's much appreciated. We rejoin this tale of our great hero, so funny and wise and charismatic, who just can't be trusted to go out in public, so they've locked him in the Downing Street attic. Hi, folks. I've got to self-isolate. Vaxinderella would love to be out and about, meeting workers and voters and shoppers, there is nothing that he enjoys doing more than ringing doorbells and getting his hands on some knockers. Oh, oh no, no, he, he doesn't. doesn't! Oh, yes, he does. Alone in the loft, he remained all day, counting his problems by the dozen. Constantly pestered by his only real friend, Matt Hancock, and his phone app called Buttons. It's very good to have me on, thank you very much. It's worth me warning at this point that throughout our little conversation, our friend Matt Hancock will pop up like an unwanted phone notification. So prepare to smile and let's join the whole gang as we head to the Westminster Village, where money can buy you happiness. And if you're lucky, maybe even a peerage. Wakey, wakey, boys and girls. A new dawn has broken, has it not? Young Callum MacDonald does early breakfast. So let's see who he's got. Callum McDonald had a show, E-I-E-I-O, and on his show he had some guests, E-I-E-I-O. With a bit of news here and a bit of news there, here the news, there's the news, everywhere the latest news. Callum McDonald had a show, E-I-E-I-O, and on his show he had some guests, E-I-E-I-O. So let's begin our story now as we head to Downing Street. Our locked-up hero, Vaxinderella, and his neighbour who likes to tweet. Rishi Sunak, Chancellor Charming to Friends, is throwing open the doors of number 11. His dashing good looks and Instagram likes means he can avoid the ban on groups of seven. The party guest list is a growing concern for our safety-conscious ugly sisters who wondered how many might attend this gathering of influencers and hipsters. So if we can get this down to numbers... 20,000 and below, that's a, a good outcome. Would I encourage someone to do something like a barbecue? No, I would not. Keeping control of party size is a key tool in virus prevention, but this was up against Vaxinderella's love of constantly being centre of attention. No Prime Minister wants to stay at home. But he could not get around the strict advice of his carers and valance and witty. He knew he could not go to the ball even though staying at home made him feel a bit short-tempered. Before we progress with our magical tale, and sorry to interrupt the flow, we've just got to have a totally natural chat with Stig and Asma from The Breakfast Show. We'll be speaking to Peter Pandemic about not wanting to grow old because all the latest data shows the crocodile risk rises fivefold. And we'll ask him how he justifies breaking rules on all but essential flying. And every time someone doesn't believe in vaccines... It means someone's nana sadly ends up dying. More on that throughout the day, as and when we get it. So, back to the story of Vaxinderella, locked up and unable to party. He began to regret that Greg's vegan sausage roll, which had made him tremendously cross about identity politics. Sadly, Vaxinderella heard sounds through the wall of the cool kids parting with one another, when all at once a flash and a bang as appeared his fairy dom mother. Good afternoon. Thank you for coming. 
Not much to look at, it has to be said, and the untrained eye might well have missed it. But if anyone knew how to get things done, it was the consummate weirdo in Misfit. You'll go to the ball, Fairy Donmother said, as he promised to take my control. But, Fax Cinderella replied, I have nothing to wear, except this gilet and jumper full of holes. You look very smart to me, the fairy went on, adding with his trademark rationality. How do you get your hair looking so good, messed up as a substitute for personality? Honestly, don't know what shampoo I use. It's the same stuff that I use for all sort of cleaning purposes, and it's blue, and it comes in a sort of tube. Getting out of his shackles was not easily done, and there was small print on the promise of leaving. But at this late stage, there seemed no choice but to blindly keep on believing. Enjoy yourself as much as you like, Fairy said, but everywhere must shut by ten. Why? asked back Cinderella. Nobody knows, but be warned, Parliament's clock is broken. We're, we're, we're working up a plan so that people can bung a bob for a big bed bong. We must move on, I think you'll agree, without letting this parody unravel. Having sorted his outfit and curfew rules, next came the question of travel. Fetch me a tomato and a mouse, Fairy said. I thought it was usually a pumpkin. No, that's just Westminster Bubble Group think that I've always looked forward to dumping. With a flash of light, the fruit became a red coach boasting 350 million pieces of silver. But who could drive such a magnificent machine? Not the fairy, who struggles with roads unfamiliar. We drove for roughly half an hour and ended up on the outskirts of Barnard Castle Town. I felt a bit sick. All this travel-related punnery is a good place in which to crowbar the broadcasting legend and host of Drive. I speak, of course, of our very own John P. Nahr. On Once Upon a Time's Radio Today, we speak to experts and MPs and peers. And, of course, we'll bring you the latest news on Goldie Lockdown and the Three Tiers. More travel news is just coming in as the wheels come off the lever's plan. But a bus replacement trading service appears, thanks to the mouse-turned-footman, Jonathan Van Tam. It's wet, it's windy, it's horrible. This, to me, is like a train journey, where you're standing on the station, it's wet, it's windy, it's horrible, and two miles down the tracks, two lights appear, and it's the train. And it's a long way off. We're at that point at the moment. Then we hope the train slows down safely, to get into the station and then the train stops and at that point the doors don't open the guard has to make sure it's safe to open the doors and when the doors open i hope there's not a uh, an unholy scramble for the seats the jcvi has very clearly said which people are going to need the seats most and they are the ones who should get on the train first at this rate he would miss the entire bash if van town was going to continue to talk so after much debating about how to go next door, Vax Cinderella decided, reluctantly, to walk. I'm only about five foot ten, uh, you know, at, at, at the outside, and, um, you know, I was too fat. I start the day by going for a, a, a run with the, with the dog. After waiting a while on the number 11 doorstep, from nowhere Chancellor Charming did pop. Resplendent in his finery of satins and silks, with a casual grey hoodie on top. It's absolutely fantastic to be here. Thanks, PM. We all know I have an ability to connect with people in a way that few politicians manage. It is a special and rare quality. By splashing the cash on multiple schemes, he's won over every citizen. And his daily number of Instagram posts has now soared past... Nearly a million. But his Chancellor Charming overreached himself, becoming the Treasury heartthrob. Some think he could even oust the PM. I have always said I can't protect every job.
The great and the good have come from afar with tough checks on who is allowed in. Pretty is monitoring the numbers so far. It's 300,034, 974,000. There were children running everywhere, having fun without supervision. Sadly, some got silly on jelly and pop, but that's mainly just Andrew Bridges. He's behind you! It takes two to tango, Michael Gove says, but dancers are not allowed to embrace. Head, shoulders, knees and toes has been changed to a Covid-compliant hands, face, space. The karaoke machine is fired up, the warbles echo right up Downing Street. Tone deaf to much of what is going on, they struggle to sing from the same hymn sheet. First up, young Brandon Lewis. Breaking the law, breaking the law. In a very specific and limited way. Breaking the law, breaking the law. In a very specific and limited way. Then we slow things down with Matt Hancock's moving Elton John tribute. We can see the candle of hope and we must do all that we can to nurture its flame. And of course, let's get the party started with Dolly Parton. Keeping an eye on the glamorous guests watching the red carpet all the night is our friend of the fabulously famous Once Upon Times Radio's Mariella Frostbite. I'll be speaking to artists and auteurs and interviewing an author about his novella as long as the line holds up from Somerset because I'm just Mariella. For some, this was all just too much coming face to face with the stars. Young Matt Hancock in particular was overwhelmed at seeing the bard. Well, it's just, uh, it's been, you know, it's been such a tough year for so many people and there's William Shakespeare. Right, enough of that. Back to the bash where everyone looks gorgeous and glossy. Except they're in the corner unsure of what to do next is our very own wishy-washy. When I abstain, I come to the house and explain. I'm not saying that people are trying to avoid that raconteur known as Keir Starmer, but the last person he cornered soon rushed off pretending they wanted to hear from Alok Sharma. We've always been clear, of course, that uh, yes, I took part in, in press conference at Downing Street along with other ministers, uh, and I think we did. Chancellor Charming's laid on a magnificent spread with hams, cheeses, lobsters and trout. Though it transpires that everyone must still pay half as part of his... Eat out to help out. Not everyone is pleased with the buffet on show and believes something is missing instead. They do not want all this rich posh food when they could all fill up on a pile of Scotch eggs. Uh, I think a Scotch egg probably would count as a substantial meal. Um, well, as far as I'm concerned, it's probably a starter. Uh, a Scotch egg is a substantial meal. Meanwhile, across town on an allotment plot, an old man sat alone in his shed. He wondered why Moore had not signed his petition, so he looked to his left and said, Daily Mirror on the wall. Who's the fairest of them all? I'm sorry, I don't recognise this number. Go back to cultivating your cucumber. Old Corbyn is not the only gardener in town. Tim Lawton pulls his own crops up. He loves long baths and proudly declares... Pride of show was my 18 and a half inch parsnip. One person missing is dear Sleeping Beauty. Bumped into a small prick and fell asleep for years. Meeting Ed Davey will do that to a girl, as he whispered about the Lib Dems in her ears. Coming up on Once Upon a Time's Radio... Broadcasting live to millions, he rounds up the news and the sport and the arts from Manchester. It's Phil Williams. Hi, 
Yes, coming up tonight on our packed show, Matt, the latest on those breaking reports of restrictions forcing a major relaunch of Snow White and just the five dwarves. All night the party is in full swing with dancing and sleigh bells are jingling, but suddenly somebody calls the police. It is mingling. I think it is absolutely mingling. It's almost ten. The party's over. Back Cinderella knows he cannot stay any longer. But he almost misses his moment to leave because Big Ben has been stripped of its bonga. We are going to leave. So out the door and into the street, leaving others to the clearing up task. But in all the hullabaloo of the night, he dropped his sequined face mask. You might have expected instead a glass slipper, but these days if you call out a shoe, people will think you've got something bad and must quarantine under curfew. Back home, Vaxinderella regales the fairy with tales of Chancellor Charming's smart home and his garden. Seeing him surrounded by all the cool kids was enough to give any man... I do beg your pardon. A dream night with drinks and food aplenty and music from Shawadi Wadi. To hell with the Namby Pamby advice. I shook hands with everybody. The morning after the night before, Chancellor Charming still remembers that face. To find them again, he has no choice. He must use Matt Hancock's. Track and trace. After several abortive attempts to launch, the 2007 Excel spreadsheet arrives. But it only has details for Tory donors and some Tory MPs and their wives. Questions are asked on the floor of the House about what all this incompetence means. It turns out our young Matt Hancock swapped his bull for some magical beans. To get a grip on the crisis at hand, everyone was told to stay indoors. But when they were let out again, it exposed a number of flaws. We'll have to do it again then, won't we? Woo! Elsewhere, it's a big day for sporting fans as a contest of the truly rational. The crowds gather in groups of no more than six for the Times columnists. Grand National. Why the long faces? They're columnists. The first pantomime horse at the start is serenaded by Mariachi, Libby Purvis and Rachel Sylvester, better known as Liberace. I saw War Horse at the National and it was an absolute joy and a great surprise. Unlike Boris Johnson, who's a total nightmare. Now we have an old, hard-working pack horse which will struggle to clear the first ditch. It's David Aronovich and Daniel Finkelstein, better known as Finkelvich. We had a political strategy for dealing with horses when I worked for John Major, but it was a total disaster and we lost to Pony Blair. OK, children, just get us on here to tell you something daft about bloody horses. I say, nay, rein it in. Into the paddock our next GG never displays even a shred of malice. It's Alice Thompson and John Kampfner better known as Camp Alice. The Germans do horses better and ours go to the knackers yard. It's the young foals and the old knackers that I'm worried about. Our final beast in the race, a favourite on our programme, Esther Webber and Robert Crampton, better known as the Philly Webcram. I'm feeling a bit foolish talking about horses. We don't have horses in Hull, it's not a main subject. The interesting thing is there aren't any horses in the Lords because they've all had the whip withdrawn. So here we go, the start of the Times Columnist Grand National and they're off and they're going round and round and round and round in circles before each deciding that they have won and everyone else doesn't know what they're talking about. And with that, it's back to Downing Street. Desperate Charming puts up posters online asking followers, have you seen this man? But it backfires slightly because he'll only allow photos of himself on his Instagram. So Chancellor Charming marries himself, 
Hip hooray, hurrah and loud cheers. He celebrates with a lockdown cake. It's half baked, a few nuts and three tears. So first of all, a you know, big shout out to me. Back in the attic, Vaxinderella is sad, wondering when he'll next get to marry. But instead he has been locked up forevermore by Witty and Valance and Allegra and Carrie. So ends our fairy tale of 2020, a year which could have done with more laughter. And farewell to our cast of characters here as they all live unhappily ever after. Well, we've come to the end of this episode of the Red Box Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. Listen to my Times Radio show every Monday to Thursday, 10 till 1. Uh, you can listen on DAB Radio, on your smart speaker. Get the Times Radio app. You can also listen to the Red Box Podcast of the Times Radio app as well. And if you want to read about the stories that we've been talking about, then you need a Times subscription to get that. Go to times.radio forward slash subscribe. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. <laughs>